Hey, sweet listeners, I'm Kendall Fisher, the usual host of the NetSuite podcast, but on this episode, we're switching things up. Coming to you from Sweet World 2021, our content marketing manager, Ian McHugh, took over hosting duties, chatting with the CTO of ClickStop, Tom Altman. ClickStop is an e-commerce company that started with U.S. cargo control and now operates in a ton of different industries from laundromats to fasteners to hot peppers and seeds. Yes, quite the diverse company, which is why they've got a great story to share. Altman recalls why ClickStop decided to implement NetSuite in 2009 and how that decision has helped them in acquiring more businesses and growing from $4 million in annual revenue to a projected $70 to $75 million this year. He'll discuss how the company uses NetSuite and the NetSuite Analytics Warehouse as the foundation for decision making and how that will influence ways to strengthen their supply chain and expand their warehouse footprint in the future. Stay tuned. That's coming up next. You're listening to the NetSuite podcast, where we discuss what's happening within NetSuite, why we're doing it, and where we're heading in the future. We'll dive into the details about the software and the people at NetSuite who are behind all the moving parts. We'll also feature customer growth stories, discussing the ups and downs of running a company and how one integrated system can help your business continue to scale. Hey, Tom, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So we're here to talk about ClickStop, kind of your the story of the company, your journey with NetSuite all that type of stuff. So just to, to get going, could you tell us a little bit about what ClickStop is, what you guys do, kind of in your own words? Yeah, sure. So ClickStop, I would consider ourselves an e-commerce company. Um, it was a guy and his buddy in a garage kind of thing. Uh, tra- he was a traveling salesman. He was kind of like looking for ways to take advantage of uh, the internet so he didn't have to do as much driving. So he kind of put up an online catalog that kind of evolved to an e-commerce site. So that was all what we would call now U.S. Cargo Control. Um, that company is, it's load procurement. I Sometimes I describe it to, is like anything to put a lawnmower, tie down a lawnmower in the back of your pickup truck to uh, securing uh, loads and semis to pulling big boats out of harbors. So all things that move cargo, hold cargo. We do a lot of moving supplies, wire rope that you might see like uh, with cell phone towers and things like that. So just all kinds of things to secure loads, big things. So that's kind of how we got started. ClickStop started with a NetSuite in 2009. Um, I started with the company in 2010 when they started to acquire a few brands. Um, we acquired some things and then kind of got beat up a little bit by a Google Panda update way back when. And so we're kind of heavy focused around SEO and SEM marketing. That's kind of where we got our start. So we were looking to acquire some business and build some businesses around those principles. So we'd look for places that, uh, you know, we'd buy a business that maybe needed to add a whole bunch more products. The more products you add, the more traffic you get, the more traffic you get, the more things you sell. So that's kind of how we, we we rolled. So we've done that with U.S. Car Control. We have a small brand. Um, we call it small. We test on it. It's it's a million dollars of uh, radiant barrier insulation, kind of like you see it sometimes on, um, uh, you'll see like a styrofoam with like a reflective foil. So that's, uh, so we have a site that sells that. We do, um, there's a, a growing, fast growing site called Fasteners Plus. It's uh, construction fasteners. 
um, concrete anchors where you drill a hole in concrete, put something so you can secure something to concrete. So that's kind of an up and coming brand for us. It's really growing well. And then kind of the, you take a hard left turn and you go to Pepper Joe's, uh, Hot Peppers, Pepper Seeds. Um, it was a company that we purchased that was doing well. Um, we drove, well, we flew to Boston and bought a literal suitcase full of hot pepper seeds and brought them back to Iowa. Um, that company sells a lot of seeds. What we've done is built a greenhouse with that as well locally so that we can start to, what we found is people, a lot of people like to grow seeds themselves. A lot of people don't know how. Don't, it takes a long time. So what we found is growing the pepper plants, so starter plants like you might find at your local nursery. Uh, we're selling a lot of those. We, uh, we're, we're goal is to sell next spring 200,000 of those plants. And the fun thing about that is, is we put them up on the site, and a lot of times we sell them out before we even have them fully plant, fully grown all the way. So it's been a great business for us. They also get into consumables, so your hot sauces and all the things. We sell a, um, I was telling Kendall, we sell a chocolate bar that's infused with, uh, with Carolina Reaper. So you have to, so it's a super hot chocolate bar. So just all those kind of fun things. You see the eating contests of peppers. Those guys are kind of in that business. So, so that's been really good. Um, we're growing strong. I would say in the next couple, three years, we'll probably sell a million dollars worth of hot pepper stuff around. So. Um, and then we kind of took another interesting, if that was a hard left turn, then we took the really <laughs> hard left turn and, uh, we have also a laundry, a lot, a chain of laundromats. We don't own them all. We have, we have some investors that have invested into some of those. And then we do own, our, our CEO owns some of those, or excuse me, our chairman of the board owns some of those. So right now with the, all the owners, we have about 30 laundromats across the U S and so that's been, uh, it's been interesting. Still a lot of marketing going on that. That's how we kind of work it hard. A lot of Google local. Um, so we've been, it's been fun and we're working our way towards a franchise with that. So that's kind of an interesting piece. So all that happens in the confines of NetSuite, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, definitely a very wide spanning business as you, you kind of said there a couple, couple left turns, but why those companies? Was it simply they, they had potential and that was, that was enough to, to, pull the trigger yeah i think um that's how we look at it we look at it as it's a strong brand that someone maybe has built and then we can take it maybe to the next level so i think you know you see that a lot i think people get into some of these businesses and they do a great job maybe they're drop shipping you know and so then you kind of get to a plateau where like drop shipping you kind of run out of that margin and so you know we have for a long time procured a lot of, of our own uh, products and so we say yeah I think we can you know we can do that ourselves we can probably find a vendor for that so I think that just kind of you know I think taking it to the next level is a term that's used a lot but I think we can see where the brand is strong you know they have a great start and then they just need that next level of and you know it's nice because we leverage what we call shared services so we have technology we have finance we have the warehouse those teams are small outside of the leverage shared services so like the pepper joe's brand they only have about four people on the team that we would consider pepper joe's people and the rest are shared so that's kind of we take advantage of the momentum that we already have in the other businesses to build on yeah so yeah, that makes sense. And and I think based on what you said on the main stage the other day, it sounds like that U.S. cargo control business is still the, the biggest business and kind of the, yep. the primary one. For sure. I would say it's probably 70% of our revenue comes from U.S. cargo control, but um, the Fasteners Plus is coming on strong. Um, you know, it wants to, you know, 
the mentality we have a very friendly competition internally and so they want to be the biggest business and they can do it uh the, the laundry business is big it's getting bigger so it kind of everybody competes with with each other in a friendly way and it, it helps drive our whole business up so but yeah you're right that's our number one business right now yeah and you've you've been at click stop tom for more than a decade as i think you you might have mentioned could you talk a little bit about how you ended up there and then how sure. your role has evolved over the years Yep, my previous life before ClickStop was at a media newspaper company. I, I worked there for a while, and I said, you know, I'm just looking for something different. There was a web development position open, and I said, I can, I'll do this for 18 months till I figure out what I really want to do. And so, here we are, 11 years, 11 years into the 18 months, and <laughs> it's been going great. I mean, I think, I think um, at that time it was a little less. Like, I think the culture was evolving then, and I think now, um, you know, like. That's why people stay. Is it's just a great company, a great culture. It's easy to stay too when you're growing and, and doing well. Um, so I think um, that's kind of our hidden gem is the people and the culture. Um, you know, a lot of these people hadn't done this thing before, and so that's that's the fun part. I think, you know, um, as we start to continue to expand the business, is getting great people to work with. And have you always been on the IT side of things over the course of your career there? I have. Um, you know, I've reported to a few different people over the time and now leading the technology team, but yep. Um, you know, I have a little bit of a background in, in, um, marketing just from the radio business that I was in way back in the day, you know, I was part of the promotions department. So learned some marketing, uh, enjoyed SEO, you know, marketing as a developer. So pretty much though, always been a developer or leading developers, leading our team. So, mm-hmm. Sure, and um, kind of along the same lines of of talking about your career, I'm sure the the company you know has grown and changed a lot since you you first joined. What were maybe some of the the key moments, key developments over the last decade that that you think really propelled the business forward and kind of stick out in your mind? Yeah, I would say just from the strictly business side, I know there's been a couple times when you know it's been rough, right? I mean, I know um, both in 2013 and 2018. We went through a patch where we maybe overhired a little bit, uh, got a little aggressive. The same time frame, you know, we had a couple businesses that didn't produce as well as they should. So I think from my vision now, looking back, you know, being part of leadership team, um, we definitely keep in control our like employee. We have a ratio that we use for employee to income. We're really diligent about that because we know that when we start to get above that threshold, it doesn't go well. You know, things get tight. You know, we don't aren't able to get the inventory that we want. I mean, those two things I think are key is keeping the supply of inventory high, as high as we can afford, and just making sure our employee to dollar ratio is working out for us. When those things are happening, everything else usually falls in place for us. And you talked about how unique this business is, how you guys operate across a lot of different verticals, a lot of different types of businesses. What do you think are some of the challenges that that type of business model poses? I think, um, you know, when I was in the in the, in the media business, they use that term SME, subject matter expert sometimes. I think struggling sometimes, we bring the business in and it's, it's not like anyone was, uh, you know, the world's best hot pepper grower before they started. So I think for us sometimes uh, growing pains there. We have smart people that will learn it. Um, but I think sometimes we don't always know what we don't know. So it just takes a little time to assimilate. But I think once we do that, it's, can, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because um, 
you don't know the things that everyone would generally lean to, but at the same time, you don't know the things everybody knows. So I think that would be the thing. A lot of the people that we come, uh, especially like working for U.S. Car Control, you know, no one knows a lot of information about ratchet straps and, and tie downs. So we have a kind of like in-house learning system that not a tool, but just kind of a process that we take people through. And that really helps. And it doesn't take long. I mean, there's some basics. And once you learn the basics, then it, it comes along pretty well. So. So you feel like both current employees and new employees can pick it all up pretty quickly. Like if you guys go acquire a new company, you can kind of get up to speed relatively quickly. Yeah. Like I think the base, um, what we would say to that is we hire for cultural fit. You know, we have six core values and core traits that we value people against. And that's our key. I mean, you know, people will learn most things and we definitely, it's not that we don't want them to have any finance background. Of course, we need that too, but we start with that and then you just, it becomes people, we hire people that other people want to work with. So that's, that's kind of our mantra there, I guess. Yeah, I think that's an awesome approach and, and maybe one that the more companies should consider, you know, they don't have to meet these 15 different criteria, right, to get to the first interview, maybe just uh, look at their potential yeah. a little bit. I know I've benefited from that in my career, people kind of taking a chance on me. Um, but yeah, that's that's super interesting. So you talked a little bit about NetSuite early on, and I want to come back to that a little bit. Were any challenges that came with running all these different sectors, all these different businesses under one umbrella, were any challenges re- related to that part of the reason you were looking for a new business management system back in 2009? Yeah, I mean, we were we didn't have one, I think. I think um, I, we were running with uh, QuickBooks, and I think we were just running our inventory prob- in an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, I think that was easy. Uh, it was a small warehouse. We had a limited number of products, and I think the there was two factors there. The technology and marketing person that was in charge of that piece then was big, big cloud. Like, he was early into the cloud and knowing that, like, we we literally, um, I mean, we were in a pole barn in the middle of Iowa, and we just we didn't have a fast internet connection, and we didn't have a place that you would really want to store a server. And I think to say, you know, really the smart thing for us to do is just not take care of that ourselves. Just knowing that was smart, I think that probably just maybe we didn't even know the benefits that we were getting at the time but it it seemed like a good idea and it was a great idea so i think once we moved to uh to netsuite it allowed us to really just we kind of almost grew unknowing that that was an advantage for us but uh we we started using site builder in 2009 uh, for the websites and it worked out well i mean all that inventory in one place is is really really beneficial so and at that time, 2009, do you have a sense of how big the business was? I mean, was sure. it was it just starting to kind of find its footing? Yep. In 2009, we would have ended that year at about $4 million. Um, so, And then this coming year, we'll probably be in the 70 to $75 million range. So, so it's grown well. I mean, NetSuite has definitely grown with us. Um, you know, it, at times I know it's frustrating, you know, all the things. And I, one of the things that I talked to Sean at Love, Love Sack about, he was saying that at one point in time they just had to start over with their NetSuite. They had customized it so much that it, he, I think he said it tied it in knots. <laughs> um, I don't think we're there. I think, though, we do. We need to clean up the way that we do things, kind of get back to some more best practices. I think that's how we're going to um, have a little less friction as we try to grow to, you know, a $200 million company, um, which, you know, everyone wants to keep growing. And we think that's uh, 
I think I should say I'm I'm evangelizing that on my own right now to uh, we just need to relook at the way we're doing things and think bigger and how we're gonna you know position ourselves to to be a 200 million dollar company in a, in you know in say three to five years. Yeah, I mean that that's obviously quite the growth too from from four million to to seventy plus million and but you know a lot changes over that time and it's it's good that NetSuite's been able to kind of support you along that that whole journey. Does your business have trouble managing inventory, projects, or even getting paid on time? Don't let spreadsheets and QuickBooks hold you back. If you want to get your business to a better place, take action now and make the move to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com business. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com business. netsuite.com business. So thinking specifically about, about how NetSuite is, has helped click stuff, where do you think it's helped with something like visibility when we talk about all these different brands you have and mm-hmm. all these different kind of companies you manage? Anything come to mind in terms of how it's improved visibility and given you the insights you need to, to run the business well? Yeah, I mean, I think in the early days, kind of before the analytics stuff that we'll probably talk about here soon is, you know, we used a lot of saved searches. Um, we used, a, but, but the inventory and the products and the descriptions and, and everything is in there. You know, it's it really truly is an all-in-one system from an ERP standpoint. Um, you know, I can't even imagine how we would do it without that. Um, I just know, like, reflecting off my past, um, when I left the newspaper, we had 17 systems, different software systems that we used to manage that business. There was a TV station and a and, a, and the newspaper, and one, we had two AR systems. One AR would bill into the other AR, so then we could bill everyone. And I, I reflect on that and remember how terrible it was and think it's so smooth. And I think at times it's almost... Um, you just have to stop and say, everything's, it seems frustrating right now, but it is good. You know, I mean, having this system in one, even though it doesn't do what you think it should do, you know, maybe we need to look at the things we're doing. And that's, that's kind of the reflection we're taking now. But I am very confident, um, the chairman of the board, previous CEO, founder, we've talked about this before. And as much, you know, at times where you get fr- frustrated with the software package you're using, we both agreed that we don't think we'd have grown the way as fast as we've grown without it. There were just so many things that we didn't have to do. And those are the hard things to recognize as you've grown because, you know, it's, it's easy to things, see the things that were roadblocks, but when you see the things that weren't roadblocks, you know, you know, that's the stuff I think that's just the intangibles that I, that I believe NetSuite provides. Yeah, and I know you came to, to ClickStop just after, you know, NetSuite was implemented, so you didn't necessarily totally see the before picture, but obviously you, you had that experience at, at other companies. How do you think having all that information in one place helps with reporting and just understanding where the business is, what you need to do to improve sure. performance, where to invest, where to back off? We're doing better all the time. We always have to work harder at that, but I think um, just it's so simple to get the data you want, even though, you know... It, it's not simple, but you know, it's, it's easier than, you know, 
a good example always is right now, you know, or, or previous to the data warehouse, to get our Google Analytics data, you know, we have to pull it into a spreadsheet. We can't put it anywhere. So then you pull out the sales data that you want from NetSuite, and then you're trying to mash those two together. You know, and then maybe the sales data needs to get updated, but the Google Analytics data is fine. So then that's hard. So you can't undo it. So, you know, it just provides, we're really excited about the data warehouse in that sense, that the, Net, the NetSuite Analytics warehouse, because we just want to have, the dashboard should not be the hard thing. Pulling that data together should not be the hard thing. It's the decisions that we make based on the data. That's where we want to spend our time, you know? We don't want to spend hours a week collecting the data so that we can then have the opportunity to make the decision. So, so we're looking at a world in the future that is dashboard heavy, you know, let's get these dashboards tuned right so that each department can see their metrics and then we can all make decisions. They can roll up to the top and, uh, you know, we can make decisions together as opposed to, you know, people putting their own dashboards together. You're looking at this and I'm looking at that. That's not how we want to be. I mean, we want everyone to, to see the same data. We got to make sure it's the right, correct, you know, verified data. And then once that happens, then we should be looking at those dashboards to make our decisions versus, you know, independently thinking about it all. So that's, that's our goal. And just digging in a little bit more to this analytics conversation that you alluded to earlier in NetSuite Analytics Warehouse. First, I want to know a little bit about where things are currently when it comes to analytics or where they've been in the past. What systems were you using? What was the setup? And what were some of the challenges there? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we kind of, um, so we used tons of saved searches. We have 2,000 saved searches in our NetSuite account. So we have a bunch. And then we kind of like, I don't know what happened if we fell asleep or what. What Sweet Analytics kind of came along and we didn't really use it that much. And then we said to ourselves, you know, we need to build the data warehouse because that's, you know, that's what everybody's doing, right? So you have to build one. So we tried, we, we did, we didn't, we succeeded. We built the data warehouse. And then, you know, it was kind of very uh, numbers based, which is good. But then um, we just needed a way to display it. So we'd kind of found Power BI and it worked okay. You know, it felt better than what we had before, which was little. Um, but then I think I had told this story somewhere. Um, we had some layoffs in the pandemic. Um, and then one of the person that was laid off was part of, was supplying data for the Power BI. And it stopped when, when she left. And we're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why is, well, come to find out, like it allowed her to run that, it was an Excel spreadsheet that she had on her desktop. So, I mean, the, the, when you start to get to the point where you didn't even know where the data was and it happened to be running off one of our people's desktops, you know, and that was one of the slowest reports to run. Well, now I know why this, you know, because that data ended up being there. So, so you know, it's just one of those things that don't know what you don't know. They come to bite you if you're not careful. So that's when um, we kind of, we, we said, this has got to be more serious. You know, this has got to be a little more serious. We can't just... Um, willy-nilly you know be doing this so so we looked at some options and then that's kind of when the uh, the beta came up and we got in contact with uh, with our people and we got in and that's when we really started to see okay this is this is going to be really nice because instead of having that you know in mismosh locations um, kind of at like a pace the updates are so much more um, consistent you know from a from an updating the data standpoint and uh, we're, we're just looking forward to having that data that's solid um always where it is every time um, that's going to be the key to our success and then you look at like now the ability to bring in the external data sources so so we're bringing in the google analytics data so we can really it's the same reports that we were running before it was mostly in our uh us cargo control marketing team but they were doing it manually so like they're excited to see these new reports 
And, uh, you know, I, I want to take it to the next level. And I'm not trying to get all these pieces of data, but we want to get those Google AdWords, so our SEM data, as well as um, our Amazon data, because we just need to be looking to see if, if it's working for us. I mean, the revenue is there, but is the profit there? You know, so those are the things I think we want to continue to, like, fine tune. So obviously no one wants to be working off data on someone's desktop, right, where it all falls apart very unexpectedly. But obviously there's other solutions out there, other options aside from NetSuite. So why NetSuite Analytics Warehouse? Why did that seem like the right fit for you? Yeah, for us, it's the speed of execution of getting that data into the warehouse. So we had tried another solution. Um, I don't know that matters the name, but, you know, I mean, connecting to NetSuite, it's 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 easy to do, um, but sometimes the speed at which the data flows can be problematic, and and that's the thing I think it's really the game changer of this is that you can literally have up to the minute data in in the in the system, and that's going to be very hard to do outside of NetSuite, mostly because you know I I think it's you know the technical crowd out there will understand the the database structure that ex- that that must exist under the covers of NetSuite. It's 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 insane. It's a very normalized big database, um, and it's why you just don't have you don't get access to the whole thing. So um, uh, you can see it, and everybody knows it. That's why it runs so well. But then at the same time, the opposite gets difficult if you want to try to extract data in certain ways. So so for us, it's just the the pure access to the data. That's the that was the game changer or the the big the big ticket for us that we liked. So. It was much easier to just go with a solution that could already was meant to, to work with everything you had, could easily access all the data that you needed it to access. Yeah, and I think um, taking a small tangent, you know, I think there's sometimes when NetSuite gets a little pressure because of the cost at times, you know, and, but I think sometimes what's forgotten is that we don't pay for servers. So I think the same thing's true with the data warehouse. Like you, to have a proper data warehouse, I mean, you're going to need to buy or, you know, portion portions of a of a server out there but that's that's all part of the cost so like when you're looking at you know a three three to four thousand dollar server bill a month just to run the software then you have to maintain it we've just been bitten by that too many times um we need we we don't want to run our own servers we want to be that e-commerce laundry guys not the server guys so um that's for us we just like that model it it works better for us there's just too many nuances of it anymore. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely a familiar story. It's just the the headaches, the staff, everything that comes with kind of having your own IT stack in-house and, and trying to figure that all out. And 2009, you know, I don't think it was so obvious that that was the way to go. Now it, it's, it seems to be for for companies of a certain size, but, um, you know, interesting that you got on board so early. So. Yeah, it, it's true. I, I don't think I, I think it was one of the reasons why I liked the company at the time when I was making my decision. Cause like, wow, okay, these guys are really in the cloud. I mean, like people can't say that. And we kind of followed that model as we went along. Um, in 2018, we moved to a full like cloud-based phone system, um, which seemed like a, it didn't seem like a no brainer at the time, but it was nice. And then I think, um, you know, we moved our entire office system over to Microsoft 365, like actually in late 19, which proved to be really brilliant looking back now in 2020 because we had no hiccups uh, in that time frame. People took their, they unplugged their phone at that time and they brought it home with them, plugged it in and everything was working fine. So, so it seemed like a brilliant move afterwards, but man, I mean, you know, then now you think, why are you not in the cloud with these things? I mean, 
the thing that it did is exposed like two or three things that we had sitting on servers in the building, you know, and then we've kind of quickly moved those, those out of there too. So, so yeah, I mean, I think in 2009, you definitely didn't see, uh, you know, a global pandemic coming down the pipe that, um, so, so we were very fortunate uh, as a company to, to be forward thinking enough to, to be every kind of everything in the cloud. And uh, it's, it's fun sometimes when some vendors call because they're like, let's talk about your cloud strategy. I'm like, oh yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> we're already there, where are you at? Yeah, so, we, we have it. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Going back to NSAW a little bit, are there any specific numbers, reports, some sort of analysis that you can't do now or was very difficult to do now that you'll be able to do in the future? Yeah, I can tell you, we have a report that we call the GPA report. It's gross profit after advertising. It's something we've kind of built ourselves. Um, so we, we had the formula, you know, we were exporting the data and we've been able to take that report and move it right into the NetSuite Analytics warehouse. Um, that was nice. I mean, we had some help doing that, but um, that's a report that someone was building. Um, they were doing that once a week. Um, you know, now it can be a daily report that at any point in time, if we want to see it on a Tuesday instead of a Thursday, that we can get that. Um, so that's one great example of a custom report. It was Nobody else has that report, so it's not something that would be out of the box. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been super nice and kind of made it better, actually, because now we can break that same report down by by business unit, um, you know, time frames, change those on the fly. You couldn't have – in our old reporting format, it was – wasn't that way it was just an excel spreadsheet so so that's a great example of that and there's many more of course that you can imagine anything that you want you can really roll your own which is which is really nice yo do you think it will kind of open the doors for for things that either you haven't even thought of yet or were just maybe a little bit of a pipe dream before and now yeah are more I mean, realistic you look at these reports some of these things especially when you're looking at like some of your third-party data that does have like api access we can use google analytics it's an easy one because it's super like easy to get in and out of just things that you might have done but maybe you just said you know that's a lot that's a lot of work right i don't want to take so now you can maybe look at that same report on a product by product basis and then flip it and look at a category basis so i think that's what i see as the thing that in the future that'll be like we wouldn't have done it before because it was maybe not worth the time investment but if we can just use, if we build these reports smart in the in the beginning, allowing for the criteria to be picked, you know, like time criteria, you know, brand criteria, when we build them smart in the future, then they're su- then right on the fly, then people can change them as needed. So, I think that's what I see as being a really huge advantage. Are a lot of these reports and, and analysis? Does a lot of it have to do with marketing? Just given your business and, and your focus, is that fair to say? I'd say that it's marketing, and then I'd say it's products. I mean, that's kind of where they live. But I mean, I think we'd love to see a lot more on uh, manufacturing, uh, since we do do custom manufacturing work. You know, I think it's harder to get that data right now. And as we start to build that data in, start to look at some other modules that we can implement, uh, man, would it be nice to, I mean, I think today we even saw some of the, I'd call it like the demand planning piece of it, but I think I think they were using project management. Like we have these things that we need, we can foresee they're in the system and we don't have enough stuff. Like, wouldn't it be great if manufacturing knew at the same time that they needed to build more you know, X widgets today instead of Y widgets? because the demand's needed already today. So, I mean, I think that's where you just start to see how to dashboards, reports, and analytics start to drive your business. I think it's that way. It's, it's, it's tapping into the things that we know 
that that we just didn't know that was coming yet. Like if a bunch of orders come in at three o'clock in the afternoon for custom work that maybe is tomorrow, maybe we can get a head start on it tonight. So that's what I see. I think just helping us um, foresee the short term future for now. And once you have access to all this stuff, all these reports and and numbers and all that, how do you make sure they actually get used and and, and applied to decisions? Yeah, <laughs> is it a cultural? <laughs> I don't thing think we've or? done that yet. Yeah. Uh, but I think you know the overused term dashboard is the key. But I think education around the dashboards, why? Um, you know, I think that's going to be the key for us to to if you want to say super succeed in this is to uh, is to make sure that everyone understands why we're doing the dashboards, what the dashboards exactly. Uh, communicate and then how they can use them to do their job better because everybody wants to do their job better i think they just you know sometimes people don't want to ask why so i think just being immersive in that in that and i think when they roll up to you know their managers and their managers managers at times i think that's always good too because if people see that those reports and things are getting used then more people will make sure that they're being diligent about the the correct data thinking about your business model a little bit and how much you have grown through acquisition and all these different brands Do you see any areas where the data warehouse could help you figure out who is a good acquisition target, if something is a good investment, stuff like that? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, it would be interesting to see if we were able to, uh, you know, I think when you're in the acquisitions, you know, when you start to talk to businesses that you want to buy, you'll get access to some of their their information. And I think it would be interesting to, uh, to populate some of our data reports and see what it looks like against what we're doing now i mean that's going to be the that'll probably be like when you start to get more into maybe the uh, ai and ml which is kind of fun for for the tech for the techs out there (laughs) when we can start to like see some different things that happen and then maybe use some of that data to do that i think um you know i think there's some probably intangibles that we'd have to still um you know with just what is that I don't know how exactly we'll look into, um, you know, the segments or the product categories or the people that are buying the potential new products. But uh, I think always having access to our legacy data will help us make better decisions about the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. Just to wrap up here, could you talk a little bit about what ClickStop has planned for the future and maybe how NetSuite and even NSAW is a part of that plan or can support that plan? Yeah, I think, um, you know... As supply chain is always that, uh, you know, that kind of thing that's come up for everyone that's difficult right now. I think leveraging our supply chain, um, ensuring that we have the products that our customers need. Um, you know, we're definitely working to, uh, you know, being kind of, we've been, it's been advant- advantageous for us to be in Iowa because we're kind of centrally located in the United States. But we know we need to expand out so i think as we start to look at that supply chain and we start to think about where products could live in other parts of the united states i think we'll see that like i think we'll be able to model some of that using the analytics warehouse would be great seeing if we can start to like make you know predictions about where a lot of products coming to and from that'll be helpful to us and i think then our purchasing department will be it'll be a strategy for them to understand like what um you know, if we get to the point where we're having multiple warehouses, where where do the where does that product need to be um, to maximize? You know, as you know, I mean, like we've we've seen a five x increase over the cost of getting a container from from you know imported. So it's really important for us to get it to the closest place that it will be useful. Um, so like I think our 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 operations team is gonna really start to see the benefit of this, and you know. It's everybody wants it. It's just really hard to get there. So I think 
partnering up with uh, NetSuite on this is going to really pay dividends in the future. It'll, it'll be painful, as it always is at the, at the beginning, but I think we're looking forward to the future of, of using this data to keep growing the company. Yeah, I mean, change is hard, but it's, it's necessary, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, Tom, for your time today. Really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed the rest of the conference. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you so much to Tom Altman for joining us on this episode and Ian McHugh for hosting. Ian, you did a great job. I also want to shout out to our editing crew over at Lampstand and all of you for tuning in. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you want more on analytics, join us on social. This month, our seven-minute workshop series is all about analytics, debunking the myths and breaking down fears around it, as well as the technology to help you take your analytics practice to the next level. Our handles are in the description of this episode, so give us a like or a follow, and we'll see you there. Bye. You just listened to the NetSuite podcast. Be sure to tune in every week with more NetSuite developments, stories, and insights into the benefits of one integrated system to help you run your business.